You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. I believe that it's time for God's people to be strong. Yes? Do you believe that? Yeah, we need to be strong. Strong. We need to be formidable. We need to be so strong that the enemy... No matter what he does, you will bounce back. You will stand. One of the things you need to be aware of is the fact that Jesus is coming not for a weak church. He's coming for a strong, glorious church. Yes. He says he's coming for a glorious church. And there is no weakness in glory. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. So there is some strength that God is working in us. And sometimes we go through certain things because God is doing a deeper work in us. But oftentimes we, because of our lack of understanding and lack of wisdom, we, we are not able to appreciate the process God is taking us through. But I've learned and I've come to appreciate every process that God is taking me through. What he has taken me through in the past and what he's taking me through right now. I have <laughs> I can't remember I can't remember complaining to God about anything. Maybe I have but I, can't, I don't have any recollection. Why? Because for a long time, for a long time, I've believed so much in the wisdom of God. Do you understand? So sometimes, you might not have the knowledge. You might not have the understanding. But you need to have the faith. You need to have the faith in God. Faith in His wisdom. So, oftentimes I'll say something like, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. You get what I'm saying? I don't understand, but I trust you. And that's the attitude we need to have as, as soldiers of the Lord. You cannot afford to join the bandwagon that are constantly grumbling, murmuring, complaining. Those are the people that die in the wilderness. Those are the people that die in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb were not, um, they, did, they didn't die in the wilderness. Why? Because their attitude was different. Even in the midst of hardship. Hardship is a part of life. There is no place in the word of God that says it will be easy. All the time. There will be seasons of hardness. There will be seasons of uh, toughening. I, I often shared the story of my experience many years ago when I was seeking the Lord. We were in Cape Town then when things were going so, so, so. I mean, it was like from frying pan to fire. You know, one hardship after another. 
just like that, one after the other, one after the other, nothing seems to be working. You pray. It's like no prayer is being answered. It's like the more you pray, the worse things get. How many people have been there before? Yeah. It's like the more you pray, the harder things become. The things go the opposite direction. You're praying for God to do this this way, then you see it going this way. And you and I just concluded, you know what? Um, what I'm going through is definitely not God's fault. So I sought the Lord and I said, Lord, I know you are perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm sure I have sinned somewhere. So if you can just tell me what the sin is so that I can repent. Do you, do you understand? Yeah. Just tell me what I have done wrong and I will repent so that things will change. I saw the Lord. I said, oh, maybe if I have not seen, maybe there's something I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not doing. And often that comes to our mind when things are not working. Yeah. So, seeking God, one week, two weeks, three weeks. The third week I was sleeping, then I heard a voice from heaven that spoke loud and clear. Can you imagine hearing a voice in your sleep? Huh? How about that? Amazing, right? I heard a voice in my sleep, and the voice said, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. When I heard that voice, I knew this is the answer I've been looking for. Look at what it says. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Come on. <laughs> Imagine you're asking the Lord, Lord, speak to me. I think I have sinned. I have gone, I have gone astray. I've missed you somehow because everything is not working. Speak to me. Speak to me. You said, if we seek, we shall find. I'm seeking for answers. Give me an answer. What exactly am I doing wrong? Where have I missed it? Because what I'm going through is not what you promised me. We often forget the fact that not only did God promise you things, and what he promised will definitely come to pass. But he also promised never to leave you. Never to forsake you. Amen? So as a good soldier, you must endure hardship. So what was I going through? Hardship. I was going through hardship. And I have news for you. Things did not change after he spoke. As a matter of fact, after he spoke, things got worse. After he spoke, we got evicted. <laughs> after he spoke, I was taken to court. 
because I couldn't pay my bills. Hey? Endure what? Hardship. Endure hardship. I could not steal. <laughs> I could not defraud anyone. I just had to believe God. Things were hard, things were tough, things were going bad from bad to worse. But this scripture did something inside me. Endure hardship. In fact, if you, I think it's the King James that says, Endure hardness. <laughs> endure what? Hardness. <laughs> yes. Yes, see there. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How many soldiers of Christ do we have here? You like to say you are a soldier. How much hardness have you endured? How much hardness have you endured? Or how much hardness can you endure? I'm telling you, if the body of Christ is not able to endure hardness, we cannot take the nations. We cannot, we cannot bring down the, the, the rulers of darkness over our nation, over our cities. We cannot bring them down if we have not endured hardness. I'm telling you. So there are some things that we have to go through to toughen us. Yeah. God is taking you through. He's refining you. He's strengthening you. He's purifying you. Hallelujah. So that's why we're talking about spiritual strength. And we've been on this matter for some time. Why? Because if you are not strong, when adversity comes, you will give in. I, I promise you, you will give in. I remember a man of God once said, it's going to be with the Lord, the prophet of God. He said, I'm very sorry for any pastor that has not gone through tough times. He said, I can just say I'm sorry for such a person. You call yourself a servant of God and you have not gone through hardship. What? There is something missing in your life. So, how many people want to be used by God? Yeah, you better, you, you better celebrate hardness. <laughs> and say, hey Lord, I know this is making me stronger. It's painful, but ouch. Help me. You get what I'm saying? If you don't have that kind of mentality, you won't make it in the days ahead. You need to have that kind of mindset. It's important. That is what made Caleb and Joshua to stand out distinctly from the majority. Some of us, 
is what majority are saying that we say. And you better be smart. The voice of the people is not the voice of God. Yes? I know we're Democrats. Oh, well, supposedly. Yeah. So, spiritual strength is important. And we need to be strong. We need to understand how God makes us strong. Okay? How God makes us to be able to defeat the enemy. There are things that God works in our lives that make us to defeat the enemy. Yes. It, it makes you it like a major frustration to the enemy. When he comes this way, you are there. He comes this way, you are there. He comes this way, you are there. He tries this, he can't win. He tries this, he can't win. He tries that, he can't win. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, that's the kind of army God is raising. Yeah. So, another component I want to bring to you, to your attention, is what uh, the Bible calls consecration. Somebody say consecration. Consecration is important. It is vital. The word to consecrate is from a Hebrew word called nazir. And nazir means to separate. Okay? It means to separate. As a, as a soldier of Christ, if you don't know how to separate your life, from all other things going on, then you might not have the strength that is required to take on some giants. Hmm? It also means to dedicate. To dedicate, to set something apart for sacred use. That's what it means. And Nazir, that's the word where we get the word. It's for, that's the root word for Nazarite. Okay, remember Samson? Yeah, he was a Nazarite, isn't it? God gave his mother certain instructions about him to say, um, nothing should cut his hair. You don't drink any strong drink. You must never get intoxicated. Don't even come close. Yeah. Sometimes when, when you walk with God, God has a right to give you certain restrictions. Do you understand? He has a right to place restrictions upon your life. And... I don't really like, I don't very much like, uh, like it when people ask me certain questions like, is it a sin to do this? Is it a sin to do that? I, I, you know, when you walk with God, you get to a point where that's not, that's not the issue. The question is, is it necessary for you? Are you getting my point? Is it necessary for you? 
is okay for your friend, is it okay for you? Is it okay for your assignment? Are you getting my point? Is it, is it okay for your assignment? Is it okay for your calling? Is it okay for your destiny? That's the question you should be asking. Not, is it a sin? No, 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 no. You should live above that. You should live above that. So when you come and ask me, is it a sin to do this? I just know your level. Yeah, I know. I know you are still at that place where you have not even begun to pursue destiny. Because when you begin to pursue destiny, you know, an athlete knows, it might not be wrong to eat certain things. But he knows for him to achieve, he has to maintain a rigorous, regimented, disciplined kind of lifestyle that will restrict him from eating certain things. Because if he goes around eating everything, you, you do McDonald's, you do um, KFC. Yeah, you, you eat all those things, yes? And then you want to be an Olympic champion. You don't wake up early to train. You don't, you don't train. You don't discipline yourself. You don't drink enough water. You, you just... And then you, you're just busy confessing how you're going to win this thing. Yeah, you're busy confessing by faith, I will get this medal. <laughs> You'll be surprised. That confession will not help you. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yeah, because there are people that are waking up, training. They train for years, consistently, consistently. Is it a sin to sleep? No, it's not a sin to sleep. But if you want to achieve certain things, your sleep pattern has to be different. Not because it is a sin, but because of what you want to achieve. Are you getting my point? So consecration, in, when it comes to consecration, sometimes we... We, we, we think about legalism and all of that. No, it's not about legalism. As a matter of fact, it's God trying to help you. Because he knows your weaknesses. He knows the areas where you need to be fortified. So he will tell you, don't do this. And so when he says, don't do this, does it mean it's a law to everybody? No. So if God says to you, you don't, you don't go around telling every other person. Just leave them alone. And face your own race. Stick to your track. Are you getting my point? Yeah. So there are certain things that to me are personal and I will not preach them or even teach them. But I just know for me, this is what is required. And I have to continue to build that and develop that in my life so as to be able to achieve and to fulfill my destiny. So when you come and say, is it a sin or... Ah, yeah, yeah. 
I look, I say, are you still there? Some of us have left that place decades ago. Are you getting the point? So in consecration, God will restrict you. He's setting you apart. And that's the key to your strength. Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 20, he says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Can you see that? So in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, hmm? but also wood and clay. So some people, their consec your consecration will determine the kind of vessel you are. That's what that scripture is saying. Your consecration will determine the kind of vessel you are. That it will determine the kind of things God will use you for. So, just like at home, there are some vessels that are for trash, isn't it? You have your dustbin. Obviously, your dustbin is not going to be used to collect your shopping. Yes? Yeah, it is a vessel that is being used, but obviously not for a noble purpose. What you put on the dining table is not the same as, you know, it's not everything belongs to your dining table. So, not every Christian belongs in certain assignments. I'm telling you. So that's what he's saying here. But I believe that the distinguishing factor is your consecration. Your consecration is vital. What is God saying to you? Are there restrictions God is placing upon your life? Then you think, oh, God has become your killjoy, you know? Huh? You begin to have a, what? FOMO. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> if God says don't, then don't. Why? Because he has something better for you. He has something better for you. And that's a key to strength, I'm telling you. Look at a man like, uh, look at a man like Adam, right? God made the whole earth. Place everything. All kinds of plants all kinds of trees, all kinds of fruits. And God says, you can eat from any one, any one of them, but one. This one, don't. Don't eat from this one. You can eat from every other one, including the tree of life. Eat from there. But this one, don't. You know why? God was giving him his consecration. 
That was his consecration. Some people say, oh, why did God put that tree when he knew that Adam was going to eat it? Huh? He, could have, he could have just not put it there so that man doesn't fall. No, God is not like that. God is not like that. You have to serve him willingly. You have to have an opportunity to disobey and choose not to disobey. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So God had to give Adam an opportunity so that he has the opportunity to disobey, but he chooses to obey. Unfortunately, Adam chose not to obey. <laughs> he ate from the tree, and what did that do to him? It weakened him. Not only weakened him, it finished him. It wrecked him. Yeah. It's a simple, what's wrong with eating a fruit? What's wrong with eating the fruit? There's nothing wrong with eating a fruit. Okay? But there's something wrong with eating the fruit God says don't eat. <laughs> there's just that restriction. And that's your consecration. Adam violated his consecration. And now, look at the mess we are in. But thank God for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. So, that's another example. What about Samson? Look at, look at the man like Samson. God, God says, part of his consecration is, don't cut your hair. Samson was too powerful to heed God's instruction. His consecration had been maintained from his childhood to his adulthood. Power had built up in him. Strength, might, the spirit of might will come upon him. Hmm? Nobody could defeat Samson. A one-man army. Can you imagine that? One-man army. He will, he will kill a lion with his bare hands. Just rip the thing apart. But a woman called Delilah came into his life. And the story changed. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, be careful of people that encourage you to break your consecration. Yes? When God tells you, don't do this, and somebody is trying to encourage you to do it. Won't you run away from that person? What kind of love is that? You run away from the person because it's trying to, it's, it's trying to violate your consecration so that you'll be weakened and then you'll be devoured by the enemy. Do you want to be devoured? Do you know that, do you know that Satan cannot devour everybody? The Bible says that the devil goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, if he has to seek, that means that not everyone is devourable. Correct? Not everybody is devourable. So you need to make up your mind that you are not going to be devourable. You are not going to be one of those that have been marinated. <laughs> marinated by Satan 
well conditioned to be devoured. You are not going to be that. Don't volunteer yourself to be devoured by the enemy. He is seeking whom he may devour. And he will not find any here in Jesus' name. Yeah, he will not find. Let him keep seeking. But he won't find one in you. All right? But the reason, the key to that will be your consecration. Your consecration helps you to, to be strong in that area. So, Samson became, he was devout. When he told Delilah the secret, just if you cut my hair, I will not be able to. And, and truly, they cut his hair. The guy got up and tried to, oh, the spirit had gone. The strength has gone. The might has gone. <laughs> so when you violate your consecration, you get weakened spiritually. Where you used to be strong, where you, you thought you were strong before. You thought it was just maybe by might or by, or by power. When there's no consecration, I'm telling you, the devil will make Means meat of you. Samson, a whole mighty Samson, they plucked off his eyes, removed his eyes, and made him to now begin to entertain them. That's how he died prematurely. All for breaking his consecration. May the Lord help us. So, your spiritual strength, you want to be strong spiritually, let your consecration be strong. In other words, you need to set yourself apart for God's use. Allow God. If there are things that God is saying to you, stop this. Don't do this. This is not okay. You just obey. Don't come and ask me for permission to violate your consecration. Yeah. So oftentimes when people come say, is it wrong to do this? It's because this, their conscience has already told them it is wrong. And they are looking for someone that will give them an excuse. Not to do what their conscience is telling them. And I'm not going to be party to that. <laughs> Another component of spiritual strength. Should I give you another one? Or do we have time? Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> this guy is greedy in the spirit. <laughs> Always wanting more. <laughs> yeah. I, how will I call this? I call this sound relationships. Okay? Sound or healthy relationships. They are vital. That is part of your strength, in case you don't know. It's part of your strength. Some time ago, they came to Jesus and they asked him about the greatest commandment. And uh, Jesus said to them, 
that the greatest commandment, I think, is in Matthew, is it 22? Yes. Where he says, um, <coughs> yeah, Matthew 22. And let's read from verse 36. Okay, 35. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? What is the greatest commandment? And he came to test Jesus. These guys, they, didn't, they, they don't learn their lesson. Jesus, you can't catch him. He's too smart, too wise. Okay. Then Jesus answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Powerful. Powerful. So your strength has to do with your connectivity to God. Your relationship with God is part of your strength. Okay? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Your ability to love God more will determine how strong you will be. It's vital. So one of the ways Satan weakens people is that he tries to infiltrate their relationship with God. By bringing, introducing things into their life that will cause them to, to, um, to become lukewarm in their love for God. There is nobody who will be spiritually weak if he is on fire, passionate for God. Yeah. You'll find that he will attack your love for God first. So if your love, your relationship with God is not in a healthy state, if it is not sound, I have news for you. There is something happening to your spiritual strength. Now, why am I sharing all these things? So that you can have what to use to monitor yourself. Are you getting me? Yeah, to monitor yourself and check yourself and see where, am, how am I doing in this area? Sometimes when you get to a certain age, the doctors tell us that you need to do certain tests. Like every year, you have to do certain tests. Once you get to maybe 50 and beyond, you know, there are certain tests you begin to do. Why do they do that? Why, why would they say that? Why can't you just come here and wait till you feel not okay? Then you go and test. It's too late. <laughs> you see? By the time you start feeling it, it's too late. So we need to have a kind of, a, 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 a kind of system whereby we are constantly checking ourselves spiritually. Checking our, our strength. Am I still strong? Am I still vibrant? Am I still the way I'm, am I the way I'm supposed to be? Or else religion will blind you. 
You think because you are being religious, you are strong. You're not. These things are important. So, your relationship with God, number one, and then your relationship with others. Your relationship with people is vital. It's part of your strength. It's part of your strength. God wants you to be strong. So it's coming for, for, for a church that is strong. One of the things about the army is this. When you're in battle, that's not the time to bear grudges. You know that? You cannot be in the battlefield and you are quarreling with somebody. Oh, I won't talk to you. You, you. There's no time for that. There's no time for that. Because there's an enemy that needs to be... Needs to be um, Taken out. No, you are before the enemy and you are armed, but then you are quarreling with the person next to you. You know that the person next to you can be your cover. You might not see the enemy coming. It might be in your blind spot. Maybe somebody is standing there and is already aiming at you. But the person that you are quarreling with might be the one that could save your life. So I believe that relationships are vital. They are part of our spiritual strength. They are part of our spiritual strength. Listen. Okay, let's look at Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. I think I'll close with this. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Hmm? No, no. First Thessalonians chapter 2. And uh, we'll read read verse 8. He says, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. This, God spoke this to me years ago in my 20s. And this has helped me tremendously in my relationships. Because he says here, he says, he was, he's speaking about the church, right? He says, we're longing, we're affectionately looking forward. We're longing for you. I'm longing for when God will bring us together. Not only to impart to you the gospel. Not only to teach you the word of God. Not only to teach you the word of God, but to to impart our own lives. I think it's a King James that says our souls. Look at let's Let's see if it's King James. Yes. So affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls. Can you see that? So when... 
in relationships, as you relate with people, there are certain things that have been, that have been worked in you that have become, you become strong in a particular area. As we relate, that strength can be imparted to me. Hallelujah. It can be imparted. You can receive strength like that. And that's why when you have, when you, when, when, if, you, if you look into your circle and you see there are certain people that you come around them, you relate with them, you find that it helps you. Do you have people like that in your life? Yes. It helps you because why? There are certain things that have been worked in them. So what, guess what? Your strength becomes my strength. Okay? Where I am weak and you are strong, when we are together, your strength becomes my strength. And where you are weak and I am strong, as we are together, my strength becomes your strength. Amazing. Amazing. So that's why the Christian life cannot be lived in isolation. And that's why discipleship is so vital. Because when we're discipling people, what, what's happening is that when you're discipling people, there are strengths that are, there's the, the dynamics, there are things that are happening, right? It's, it's, it's amazing. So there are certain things. Listen, I've been working with God for, for decades, right? And there are certain things by reason of my walk with God. There are certain strengths I've re received from different people. Do you understand? There are certain strengths I've received from different people that have been imparted to my life and all of that. And guess what? You don't have to meet all those people that I've received from. <laughs> yes? If you meet me, you've, you've, you, 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 can, you can receive it. You can receive it. And that is why Satan attacks our relationships. Because he knows that it's a major component to your spiritual strength. There are some people I see, I run away from. Because they want to impart to me weakness. They are not interested in God. They are not interested in, uh, they are not interested in the things that will make me strong. I'm to stop. So, what are we saying? Spiritual, one of the components of your spiritual strength is your consecration. Your consecration is vital. But your relationships are also vital. Especially with God and with others. With your brothers. With your sisters. So, don't make fun of people's weaknesses. Do you get my point? If, 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 if your sister is weak in a particular area, that's not a subject of, of, uh, of mockery or whatever. No, 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 no. If your sister is weak in a particular area and you have been graced to be strong in that area, what do you do? You cover your sister. Are you getting my point? So you bring your strength and cover your sister. So that together you are strong. 
That's how God wants us to walk. That's how this army is going to operate. So this, this is not the army where somebody, is, where somebody has been shot. Then you go and kill the person for being shot. That's what the church is good at. Killing our wounded soldiers. No. We don't do that here. Amen? So, when somebody has taken a bullet, what do you do? You, you, you surround the person. And let's try to help the person. Remove that bullet. Administer healing to that. Cover that person. Help that person until the person is restored and is strong again. Then we continue the battle. Hallelujah. If we have this kind of mindset, the devil will struggle to get us. Because he always looks for the weakest link. But guess what? If we have this kind of mindset and we operate like that, he won't find any weak link. <laughs> he won't find because your weakness huh, is not your weakness anymore. Because I'm strong there, I can extend my strength to you. So your weakness is no longer weak. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Let's stand up. Let's this ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www dot every nation midrand dot org